My, my, this year Anakin guy. Maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small fry. He left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye, saying, Soon I'm gonna be a Jedi. <laughs> Soon I'm gonna be a Jedi. As soon as I listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 141, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. And if you end up loving the show and want to see it thrive, you can become a reflux capacitor, making our time travel possible alongside our patrons, Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Callen, Patrick Hicks, Diego Avila, The Feelin' Film Podcast, Aaron Strauss, LJ Lowry, and a secret patron as well. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and I predicted that Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace would be a nostalgic movie. Now, before we introduce our guests, here is your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. We have recently changed our Patreon pledge system so uh, to charge patrons per month on a per-month basis as opposed to a per-episode <laughs> basis. Bless you. Secret guest. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you, maybe you've been on the fence about becoming a patron because it's like, well, I don't know how many episodes you guys are going to release. What if you release 20 episodes? I can't afford that. Well, now, whatever pledge level you set, uh, you, you, you decide to support us at, that's what you'll be paying for the month. There's no more guesswork in it. Uh, so hopefully that oh. helps clear things. Oh, you like the guesswork, Paul? Yeah, it takes fun out of it. Uh, well, I'm sorry to, to take the wind out of your sails. But regardless, that was your Francisco's boop, 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 flash announcement. Now, I'd like to... Introduce the man that needs no introduction. He is Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Hey, Paul. Hey, Francisco. Hey, thanks for being my co-host, Paul. Now, uh, we'll talk to you later. (laughs) All right, bye-bye. It's been fun, folks. Good times. Uh, Paul, your trivial question for this time is this. During filming, Ewan McGregor made lightsaber noises as he dueled. It was... Of course, who wouldn't? I know, right? It was noted and corrected during post-production. Uh, Paul, what sound effect do you either enjoy making or can do really well? Um, I, I enjoy, for some reason, the whip sound. I don't know. It's just, whoosh, it's, re- <laughs> it's just really there, easily accessible. I don't use it often. but Oh, not like in- Indiana Jones whip, just a generic whip. Sure, Indiana Jones whip, just not a cool whip, you know, like a cool any whip. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so do it again but for yeah. us, because I, I kind of missed it. I just went, whoosh. Right, well, you know, it's just fun. It's not I, good, but it's you're not breaking the sound barrier there, Paul. No, but, but all right. oh come on. Well, that's what whips do. Time I speak, I break the sound barrier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Well, Paul, thank you for being on the show. As always, what did you predict Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? From now on, I'll probably just say The Phantom Menace or Star Wars Episode One or something like that. What did you predict the movie would be? Uh, I I predicted before watching it that it would be nostalgic. Nostalgic. Awesome. Okay. Now we'd like to welcome back to the show. They They are our dynamic duo when it comes to Star Wars films. You've heard them on our original trilogy episode slash 79. You've heard them on our Caravan of Courage episode. I think that's in the 130s. I honestly forget. I think like 135, 134, something like that. Uh, we like to welcome them back to the show, both our chief, Danae Berg, and our newly promoted chief, Travis Berg. Welcome to the show. I want to raise. <laughs> yes. You, you get a pay raise. It's amazing. Uh, Danae can tell you how much she makes now, and now you're making the same thing. Yep. Really, really valuable. <laughs> Are we? We're tied now. Well, you have seniority. Oh mm-hmm. yes, always. Forever. <laughs> You're never allowed to take him for one more podcast than I have. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like a point of pride. <laughs> exactly. Let's start with Travis. Congratulations on your promotion, Travis. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're you're welcome. You're welcome very much, uh, Travis. What was? Uh, oh. So you're a chief engineer now, right? You're both in the engineering room helping, keeping us, our ship running? Yep. Awesome. Of course. Okay. That's one of the more dangerous rooms, so I appreciate you guys manning it. Danae got her chief, got to be chief because of a, a disappearance. So. <laughs> a disappearance? Yeah, yeah. Back in GoldenEye. Uh, you don't think I earned my no, promotion? <laughs> you have since earned it. <laughs> But you were you were awarded it oh. be, because we lost someone. Let's not get it. We don't have to get into the trivialities like in of our ranking I'm system. So <laughs> Go back and listen to episode 100 if you want to hear the bit opening shtick that we did for that. Anyway, Travis, here's your trivial question. Uh, sets were built only as high as the tops of actors' heads and computer graphics filled in the rest. Liam Neeson was so tall that he cost the set crew an extra $150,000 in construction. Travis, has your height, because you're kind of tall, has your height ever made things more expensive for you? Ooh. Um, well, one time I jumped down a stairway at my school and I hit my head on the doorway. And then I had to oh. go to the doctor. So I guess you could say that, yes, that <laughs> made it more expensive for me. <laughs> You ju- so like the door, the door frame was right at the bottom. Of yeah, the it wasn't a very well designed building. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> a normal height door. So you're going down the stairs, and if you don't jump the stairs, you're probably okay. But I'm like, watch this, I'm gonna be so cool. <laughs> Bam! Ow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, good to know not to do that. What was your prediction for uh, Star Wars episode? One? I also predis- predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic as well. Okay. And Danae. Yeah. Thank you again for being back on the show. Here's your trivial question. Okay. When fully dressed and in makeup, Natalie, For- Natalie Portman and Karen Knightley resembled each other so much that even Knightley's mother, Sharman uh, McDonald, who visited the set, had trouble identifying her own daughter. Danae, have you ever been confused for someone else? 
probably one of my sisters at some point. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. We, we I mean, we look different, but uh, my younger sister and I are like two years apart. So when we were younger, I think a lot of people thought, "Oh, your twins are your triplets." Uh huh. Uh-huh. But I don't. I don't think we all look that much alike. We look related, but sure, everyone can tell. We're I sisters. got confused for my mom on the phone <laughs> before my voice changed. So, oh, you. I don't know if that's oh, the same thing. oh, your voice got confused before, for your mom before Paul got his hair cut yes. in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your I will say time? this well planned. I will say this though I am super excited to be recording this episode <laughs> on John Williams birthday his 86 what? birthday oh yeah thank that's you for right. pointing that out that's awesome and to have and I'm a huge John Williams fan and to be able to record this episode with even bigger John Williams fans than me, probably the Berg. So, <laughs> oh, this is we really can be a tied. great opportunity. We can totally be tied. What are you saying, Paul? I'm not a fan of John Williams. I mean, you'd be uh, right. I'm just saying, is that what you're saying? You definitely try to I'm, play him off as uh, what's his name, John Williams. John Williams. Yes. Yes. <laughs> with Senior Spielbergo, they're the they're the true <laughs> heart behind Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, Danae, what was mm-hmm. your prediction for Star Wars Episode One? I also predicted nostalgic. All right, so nostalgic unanimous predictions. We will see after we discuss our likes and dislikes, how those pan out. But Paul, will you enter the full course for this episode in the computer for Alice? Sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion on Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, including what we liked and liked most and also what we didn't like and didn't like most. And we'll come back for a final rating and some feedback and announcements. Sounds good, Alice. Let's get back to 1999. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. On a remote desert planet, two Jedi Knights meet a young boy and forever change the fate of a galaxy. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Now playing at a theater near you. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now, we, do we remember the, our fates changing forever based on uh, a boy? Well, I don't know. Let's talk about that in our memory mind melt synopsis for The Phantom Menace. There's a suspicious situation where a planet is being held hostage, so it's the Jedi to the rescue. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go to a trade-fed ship and have a short negotiation. The two-hooded Jedi confront super cool rolling droids in a negotiation turned deadly. Then a war breaks out over trade negotiations that didn't happen. Uh, Queen Amidala goes to appeal before the Imperial Senate for help, but QK Jar Jar Elizabeth Swan and Padme stops by a desert planet, Tatooine, to pick up a midichlorian made kid, aka the chosen one, aka whiny Anakin. <laughs> <clears throat> and the force turns sciency. Hashtag midichlorians. There's also a fight with Darth Maul and a pod race too with an 
arrogant pod racing savant boy who races and wins to get a needed part for the Jedi ship. In the end, Annie destroys Trade Federation base, and the war was won with the help of local fish people. And there are epic duels to the death with face paint master Darth Maul. But the devil killed Qui-Gon, died because he didn't have a particular set of skills. <laughs> Finally, Obi-Wan gives Darth Maul a slice for half off, ending the best lightsaber fight ever. That was really good. I th- yeah, uh, you know, but you know what? Elizabeth any- Swan oh my wasn't in this. <laughs> You're so I don't know. Picky. Who's, who's saying that? Paul who's takes me- it every time. Who's remembering that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I couldn't be knocking. Anyway, uh, Paul, there are only a, yeah. a few little technical details we got wrong in that memory mind meld. Will you give us the technical details of the production of this movie? Sure. Star Wars Episode 1 hyphen The Phantom Menace. It's rated PG, runs 2 hours, 16 minutes, and was released in the theaters on May 19th of 1999. It's my birthday. Everybody remember really? where they were that day? Yeah. Watching Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, same here. Do you think you went okay. to go see Star Wars Turning today? 11. <laughs> well, it's PG, so you could have seen it. Yeah. All right. Uh, the um, the cast stars Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, and a few others. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and some people I wanted to point out were Ian McDermott, who played Senator Palpatine and is also the Emperor from the original Star Wars trilogy, which again we covered in Retro Spoilers. Rewind podcast talk. We <laughs> already did the spoiler alert today. <laughs> Though I guess that's spoilers for a different movie. So good point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we will probably be spoiling through the original <laughs> trilogy. Uh, I don't think we'll be spoiling Force Awakens or Last Jedi, but be aware. Uh, Rogue One may be spoiled, maybe. I don't know. Probably not. But anyway, I uh, I, I digress. Well, Chewie, a Star Wars story will definitely be spoiled. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> he, uh, Amy McDermott also played the Emperor, original Star Wars trilogies. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 79. Likewise, Anthony Daniels reprised his role as C-3PO, which he was again in the original trilogy, as well as Kenny Baker, who was R2-D2, was in the original trilogy. Surprise, surprise, slash 79. And he is also the Goblin Core in Labyrinth, which we covered in RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 13. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's an old one. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Oh, you mean the The episode. episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. 13. I know. Frank Oz was, of course, Yoda. Again, was in the original trilogy. As well as he voiced Fozzie and Miss Piggy and other Muppets in both The Muppet Christmas Carol, which we recently covered in Slash 134, and also in The Muppet Movie Slash 41. Brian Blessed uh, voices Boss Nass, and he also voiced Clayton. (laughs) In Tarzan yeah. slash 131, and Lord Loxley in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves slash 25. Yeah. Lastly, Ray Park played Darth Maul exquisitely, I, I think I'll say, and was also Toad <laughs> in X Men slash 111. That's a lot. Indeed. All right. The budget of this film was about 
115 million dollars mm-hmm. and it went on to gross over 1 billion dollars worldwide my gosh so good that's investment billion with a b that's billion with a b 1.027 billion at the box office Jeez. well you know what there there must have been some reason to that i mean i i feel like most people are aware of the vitriol, some people, or the disdain some people have for this movie, but obviously it did well enough to, you know, earn a lot of scratch. Uh, maybe there was something that people liked about this movie, and let's let's talk about those things that not, we like specifically. Oh. Not unlike the Transformers series. <laughs> it made a lot of money. There must be something people <laughs> like about it. The first one, I don't know about what people are thinking of the rest, but the first one's fine. We're not talking Transformers right I know, now today. I know. Uh, but since you want you, you want to speak today, why don't you kick us off oh, sure. with something you liked about The Phantom Menace? Okay, sure. Um, one of the things that I liked, um, and uh, this might not be as popular of an opinion, but I like some of the Star Wars movies where they're not necessarily set in like a wartime, a really oh, obvious yeah, wartime. Yeah. So this one was set in like, sort of peacetime. I mean, there's conflict going on, mm-hmm. but you get a little bit more of... Um, like plot buildup, and you get a more you get better variety of character development because it's not just all like I'm in an, in a space battle and everything's just shooting and explosions, which is fun in some I think in some circumstances, mm-hmm. but it's when it's the entire movie, it's a little bit overwhelming, and you get more interaction between characters with like the negotiations and the manipulation and the Senate and things like that. Yeah. There's definitely a bit more political intrigue in this movie, which, which was certainly different for star Wars. And uh, yeah, I I could certainly see the fascination in that. And Uh, if you like politics, you should check out Shin Godzilla. Anyway, moving (laughs) on. I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) I, I, We'll have to cooperate that. Yes, if you enjoy politics. watching politics, the movie, Shin Godzilla <laughs> is for you. <laughs> or actually, that's more bureaucracy, the movie. Than Not the Mr. Film. Smith Goes to Washington? Uh, maybe. No. I've never okay. seen that movie, oh, so I don't know. Uh, Travis, what's Coral something you search? liked? Uh, so, well, it, it's peppered with some... Some of it wasn't done well, but in general, I think there there was some subtle like foreshadowing and throwbacks to the original movie that I thought was pretty cool watching this one again. So, for example, mm-hmm. when they're on the bridge of the the like droid command center, it kind of feels a lot like a star destroyer. Oh yeah, uh, from I the suppose original so. Trilogy. Yeah, and then when they're at the uh, the parts dealer, um, there's some of the original droids from the trilogy in the background, like kind of doing the oh, same really? thing, like flipping levers and some of the ones that had those oh, feet were getting burned. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Empire, I think we're also back there. So that, oh, was, that was cool. Fun. I, I did not recognize, nice. I did not recognize any of those. Were there any callbacks that you really uh-huh. liked, Paul? Um, I loved the architecture design of Naboo. Okay. Naboo is <laughs> Not to get on the dislike. I'm just trying to figure this out. But basically the city and like the surface city and where also the Gungans where they lived underneath. I thought the architecture and both the surface world and the underworld were fantastic mm-hmm. and beautiful and well designed. Um, getting back to Naboo, is that the name of the city on the surface? Is that the name? That's the name of the planet. I know that. Yeah, name of the planet. Is it? <clears throat> But it also seems like there's only one city on that whole planet. 
Yeah. And it just yeah. it's not like Coruscant where the whole planet's one city. But it's the inverse. Well, and it can't be a very <laughs> big planet either, considering they go through the center of the planet. It doesn't seem like it takes them all that long. That's true. Yeah. How big well, is they this use planet? the force? It guided. This is true. Through. Jedi speed apparently is a thing, <laughs> as Travis tells me. Except yes. you know that does them no. Apparently, they forget they have Jedi yes. speed at the end. Exactly. Well, yes. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. a little bit. Brief. I do. I do want to. <laughs> Uh, jump off what Paul just said, though, regarding the architecture of Naboo and it looking beautiful. I'd say the CG sets and background matte paintings mm-hmm. in this were achieved very beautifully. I was very impressed. I mean, some of it felt a bit sterile, especially in the opening of Naboo when I guess people are like hiding for their lives or something. You don't see anyone. In the yeah. At the end with the parade, it looks a lot more lively, which is great. But... Oh my goodness! It's just very, very beautifully designed, and it it, it seemed almost inspired by uh, classical architecture, like Roman or Greek or something like that. But and and also maybe some uh, Muslim architecture with like the domes or Arabian architecture. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the mm-hmm. specific name for that is. Anyway, uh, I so I really oh, I appreciated uh, all the sort of set design. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to Danae. What's something else you liked? Oh, uh, let's see. I liked, well, obviously I always say the music, but I'll tie it in. Um, so tied John Williams music, the score. I mean, it has the iconic duel of the fates, but also kind of tying it in with the Foley artistry and some of the sound effects. Oh. Cause mm-hmm. I really, and not just like the pod racing. Cause I, I noticed it a few other times, but I, I thought that the sound effects that they did specifically in the pod racing scene were really good yes. in how they do different like mechanics and, um, like propulsion technologies between the different pods. Mm-hmm. And you can really tell the difference and they really seem like they fit with these, otherworldly pod racers. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool. When we're, every time I listen and Sebulba's specifically his pod, every time I just start like imitating the, the noise while we're watching, cause I'm like, yeah, it's a really cool sound. It is. Yeah. Do it. Let's hear your imitation. No, Francisco's was better. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to hear yours. No, now you do your no. pod. <laughs> I you can't. two can race it out. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, you know, I'll say that John Williams, <laughs> John Williams <laughs> sure is doing such an amazing job with new interesting themes in this movie way better than anything in Force Awakens or Last Jedi in my opinion where I, I know I'm in the minority I felt like he phoned in those those scores this is I felt like top of his game doing great work I, I Wish it was for a better movie, but I'm yeah, uh, doing great, point. doing great work here. So yeah. I, I definitely agree. John Williams, thumbs up. Uh, let's see, uh, Travis or Paul, were the sound effects or fully artistry anything you like specifically? Definitely, I thought the sound effects in this was top notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, like most Star Wars movies, um, except maybe the Caravan of Courage. <laughs> 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 the sound effects on this is. Uh, Primo, it's it's what every sound effect uh, Foley artist is. It's sure their aspire goal. to it's be. Their, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see, Travis. What's 
how about you give us one thing you liked, and then let's get to our classic makers, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing I really liked, I feel like this was the first Star Wars film where you really got to see Jedi's, like, what, how they could... Sh- how powerful and impactful they were to things going on. I think they just kind of hinted at it in like Empire and Return of the Jedi. But in this one, they show up to the negotiation and, you know, they try to get, uh, or the Trade Federation tries to kill them and then they break in and almost destroy their whole base and they sneak down to the planet and on the droid ships and evade them and take out all these droids all the time. So it was really fun for me, like w- watching them be in action and yeah. take out all these uh, subordinate and droids. And you can see the stuff. council too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Jedi Council and see that almost the, what more of the, I guess, the history of these Jedi before they are all, like, gone pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Paul, I'm, I'm sorry. I missed you. What was one more thing you liked? Then we'll get to our classic makers. All right. Uh, someone had mentioned the best lightsaber battle ever in their memory mind meld. I, I really, that wasn't me, but I really enjoyed <laughs> the lightsaber battle. Uh, between Obi Wan and Qui or Obi Wan slash Qui Gon and Darth, Darth Maul. Maul, yeah, I I thought it was great. It was well choreographed. I wish it had been as long as the pod racing scene, but then <laughs> yeah. maybe I wouldn't like be wanting more. Yeah, you know? I yeah, thought it was really well done. I, I'm curious, real quick, guys. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll wait till we go through our our classic makers because maybe this came up for one of them, but. My classic maker actually is pretty much just exactly what you just said, Paul. The two big set pieces of this movie, the pod race mm-hmm. and the Jedi vs. Darth Maul, are just so good. I did not remember them being – I was so invested and so on the edge of my seat in those <laughs> – both those set pieces. I loved it so much. I wish it was the movie was more of that because it was so good. <laughs> so more of the action. What Danae was saying, this was lacking. Well, no, the, it's more time for your story no, no, no. We'll get to what could be cut, and okay. it's not the political intrigue, <laughs> not at all. There's other things that could be cut, and you could have more, uh, you know, for uh, lightsaber duels or more pod races. Yeah. So, anyway, okay. I have a quick question for okay. everybody. Oh, what, go for it. What do you think is the best lightsaber duel in all the Star Wars movies? Ooh. For me, it's the Obi-Wan versus Anakin in episode three. Mm. Travis? Yeah, I think that one like just barely tops it. Um, I always try to think of the Duel of the Fates in this one as the previous background was Luke and Darth and Ben fighting, where it was just kind of like waving sticks at each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden to see all this like, you know, acrobatics and yeah, it was yeah. like, oh wow, this these guys are like at the top of their game. They've been training, like really seeing like warriors go at it. So Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, don't forget Yoda and Doku. Oh yeah, there is that. Mm. Um Go ahead, Danae. Oh, you I was going to say one of my favorites, but then again, I, I would probably need to like watch clips and compare them. But I really liked the Rey versus Kylo Ren in Force Awakens. But it might mm. just be because I really like Rey and I liked that like tension and struggle between them. But I thought mm-hmm. that was a really good battle scene also. Yeah. But it might not be as epic as some of these other ones. It's just the one that I always think of. I, I'm going to say for me, I, I almost – I really connect with the the emotional – the motion of the Luke versus Darth Vader uh-huh. lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, Travis. It's like they're just waving sticks at each other. It's yeah. not. It's not nearly like pro league samurai as the the one we get in Phantom Menace. Which so choreography wise, I think Phantom Menace. Yeah. this is the 
the best in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I I enjoy in terms of the overall or arc of the story, I enjoy that lightsaber duel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a quick question because it didn't come up. Actually, no, no, we'll get to our questions here in a second. Save, save your questions, let's, sir. Let's, let's, let's let you guys. I, I've had my classic maker. Travis, what's your classic maker? For uh, my classic maker is the pod racing. I just feel like it's one yes. of those like Star Wars universe things where, like Danae was saying, there's all these really unique vehicles and cool things that you would never really think would go together. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably also have some nostalgia attached to that because I habitually played the pod racing game for N64. Yes. Like, <laughs> that was my racer. He was the best one. <laughs> this guy was terrible. So that, was not so good. That was literally happening the entire time we rewatched it. <laughs> I'm making the sound effects and he's reliving his glory days. That's <laughs> awesome. I was, still my glory days. We rented that game, and I was never very good at it. I, I could not get it's it It's a down. hard one to master. So me and my friends would play that one. That should be a retro episode, anyway, by the way. But we would see how many races we could get in without buying any upgrades. Oh, yeah. nice. Don't very we have cool. that? Yeah. I think we ha- we could we could definitely play. Sweet. <laughs> Danae, what's, what's your classic maker for uh, So Wars? my classic maker, kind of like how I said, the... the um, you know, like the setting, you know, the the plot setting was uh-huh, kind yeah. of different. Mm-hmm. So I liked in this one the characters and the character variety. And even Travis and I were talking, like, this is probably our favorite Anakin <laughs> of all of the... Oh, interesting. Of, I would say not our favorite character, but our favorite of but, the Anakins. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so there's that. I liked the character variety. I liked... Palpatine was just very well acted. He was a very different character, yeah. very manipulative. Oh, totally. You get, I like the Star Wars movies where you just get a variety of different like creatures and mm-hmm. different races, and you see a lot of different interactions among Wait, planets. There's only one race in this movie. <clears throat> okay, sorry. Well, I don't know. Oh, pod race. Gotcha. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, what did I say? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I liked the variety of the characters. I, it's Very kind of cool. a weird classic maker, but... Quick question. You mentioned that this is your favorite Anakin. <laughs> Have you guys watched the Clone Wars cartoons at all? I'm curious. No. If, just as comparison. Okay. I haven't. Or I haven't Rebels. Really either. Well, is Anakin in Rebels? Hmm? Is Anakin in Rebels? I thought he, that was sure, after he turned Darth into Darth Vader. Vader. As <laughs> We're not Paul's talking about Anakin. Darth Vader. Yeah. We're talking about Anakin. Yeah, well, Anakin. Specifically yeah, Anakin. Yeah. I think we'd all agree he's better as Darth yes, Vader. Yeah. Okay. I think we we're just talking okay. about. I was I was going to say, one, two, well, what about, I, I was about to say, what about uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi where he says, tell your sister, you are right. You are right. Oh my gosh, guys. Anyway. Travis and I use that all the time in our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Equally, that's perfect. <laughs> Paul, you're a classic maker, please. Okay, so this is a little story. Back when I first story saw time. this movie on 1999, May 19th, and I could hear the Duel of Fates music, and I could hear it in previews before then. Um, I didn't really like it. And that's because it doesn't sound like any other Star Wars song of the soundtrack. It's not orchestral, you know, there's all these voices in it. Yes, the Emperor had the awe. Okay, Francisco, that's not quite it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like, 
yeah, it's fine, but it's not Star Wars. So oh, interesting. I I didn't really like it much, but I still had it on my playlist just because I like to listen to it separately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and through the years, uh, we're coming up almost twenty years now. Yeah, oh next year will be twenty years. Jeez, Louise. This. <laughs> That's what we do, Francisco. We review <laughs> movies. Yeah. It's been so. way worse ones. What? Cookie's <laughs> been eligible for five That's weird. years. But I've enjoyed this song, Duel of Fates, more and more. And so it's come to a point where now it's my favorite part of the whole movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, the song and the, the, the lightsaber battle with it. Yeah. So to me, it's just like a, a great conversion of both together. Is it so just, that's my classic making. Is it partly because you, you had the video with the real lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. Oh yeah, Christian played that. That was free. Pasta, <laughs> Jesus. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, before we get to our tr- our dislike section, the things we didn't like about this movie. I mean, I, I imagine we have some of those as well. Let's go to our. Uh, we like to go out to social media, and even before that, we have people here watching live in chat. And interacting with us, with us there. Uh, Dale has several comments, so we'll go ahead and read those now. He, some of the things he says, uh, the sound effects. I have whistled in a way to emulate a car alarm. I uh, just made a couple of kids confused, but that's my FX story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, he enjoyed Liam Neeson, Ian McGregor, Natalie Portman in their parts. Uh, Ray Park as Darth Maul. Uh, for as little as I saw him, uh, I enjoyed watching Park doing his thing as a martial artist. Oh yeah, that's something that never came up with any of us. I'm I'm curious. How do you rank Darth Maul in terms of villains in the Star Wars universe? One of the better. I, um, I would, yes, I, I would say so too. Like Darth Vader, I'd say Darth Maul right after that. I, not I know there's criticisms of that it's not a strong character at least in this movie because we don't know his background he's just there to fight the jedi you know that's part of the that was one of my dislikes yeah oh Oh, not not like an actual it was one of my backup dislikes oh they do right yeah there's no so i i I understand the criticisms behind him but him as a character which they develop more in other star wars series I think it's a good character. It's just unfortunate they don't. He doesn't have a, a good enough or a good amount of screen time in this movie or dialogue. He has almost yeah, he, no dialogue. No, yeah. yeah, which there is the other contention. I'm 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 on the the side where it would have been better if he had no dialogue. Yeah, way more interesting. Very mysterious. But, oh, the yeah. Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Is he really there? We yeah. don't know. Though I I actually feel devil. like <laughs> I feel like. I mean, if you look at just Star Wars by itself, like A New Hope, you don't have a lot of backstory to Darth Vader. And I feel like in that way, it's pretty similar. So if, if he hadn't died, uh, then I yeah, think Yeah, but you don't see him more. fighting anybody else, like trying to get the ship's plans from a, a remote ship or, you know, choking people who are against him. You just see him fighting the Jedi. There's not. You see him re- doing recon in yeah, Mos Eisley or like, But why? Like, yeah. I was like, what, what is his purpose? Is he like following the queen? Is he following the Jedi? What is, what is your plan? I what think are you he's doing? trying to find the queen. Yeah, I think that's the main just, thing. Yeah. It's just not very clear. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I you know like what else isn't clear? I, 
I know we're not on the tragic section, but I was wondering. They're like, okay, okay, Mace Windu says go to the planet and draw out the Queen's attacker. We need to know more about him. So not only draw him out, they try to kill him. How are they going to find out more about him if they try to kill him? Yeah. I mean, come uh, on. Vulcan mind meld before he dies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was a good villain, but just not very well developed. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. but. But Dale does say that Ray Park was his classic maker. So awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, he, and he, he definitely did a, did a job. He did a good job in stunt wise and all, doing all that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Dale says the action between uh, Jin, Kenobi, Maul was one of my favorite parts of this film. Ray Park helped make it awesome. So thank you, Dale, yeah. for sharing that. Now we'll get to our feedback we got from social media. Uh, first off, Kate Peeler says, as a 12-year-old girl, I was ena- enamored with Queen Amidala. She was so cool. But Anakin was obnoxious. Duel of Fates was amazing. Was an amazing piece of music. Those were my big takeaways. Uh, and I'll, I'll say thank you to everyone here at the end because we have quite a bit of feedback. Uh, Victims and Villains says, Jar Jar and the epicness of Darth Maul. Awesome. Uh, Celeste Morris says, there needed to be more Qui-Gon Jinn. Also, I'm the random person who doesn't mind Jar Jar Binks. All right. Uh, Christy Ruiz says, Jar Jar Binks didn't bother me that much. Anakin, how did you spell that? Uh, did, though. I was. J- it was just another Star Wars movie. Eh, it was fine. Uh, Ryan Jackson says, this was a major disappointment. Went on opening day with a group of other Star Wars fanatics, no, none of us wore a costume or anything. Uh, after bad acting, poor characters, and a weak plot that didn't even begin to mesh with the original movies, we left in great befuddlement. I cried a little. The movie is first in retro rewind history to receive an ultimate tragic rating, I think, from him. We haven't rated it yet, obviously. <laughs> um, but, wow, that's that's harsh, Rad. Yeah. Dale has ha, also left some social, some feedback on social media. He says, I remember being bored. The opening sequence, the pod race, the Jin Kenobi, Darth Maul sword fight were the best parts uh, where the stuff in between, like the politics or the Roger Roger droids, didn't keep me engaged. So ha, differing of opinion with what Danae said. That's okay, though. Uh, Diego Avila says, trying to keep it positive. Duel of Fates was great. was a great tune. Darth Maul was a menacing villain, and Obi-Wan avenging his master's death. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Sympathy Follow, I think his name's Sean, uh, says, I remember everyone liking it at first. The major issue was Jar Jar. I feel like once critics start dumping, dumping, uh, dumping on it, everyone jumped on board. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. George Lucas said... Uh, he wanted all these extravagant costumes. I thought too much focus was spent on making it look epic instead of focusing more on characters and story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Bow says it did not hold up when it came out. Aaron Wallace says, I kept wondering when it would end and trying to convince myself that it wasn't as bad as it was. <laughs> and finally, uh, Patrick Kramer says, I remember going to a midnight showing the night it opened. So excited. I sat there with my popcorn after selling episode one merch all day for KB toys. I was exhausted, (laughs) but thrilled. And then the movie started and 40 minutes in, I remember thinking, Oh no. (laughs) 
Thank you, everyone, for leaving your memories. And Patrick, I think you transitioned us quite well into our dislike section. What made us go, oh, no, about this movie? Let's start with Travis. All right. Well, the obvious one, I think, is that uh, Anakin built C-3PO, and that kind of feels like it just shrunk the whole universe a little bit. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, oh, yeah, C-3PO, this other character. Oh, it's just built by Anakin, because we wanted him to be in the first movie. Um, so that kind of felt uh, disingenuous to me. I didn't like that. Well, didn't we have to sort of establish that he was good at fixing things, though? And that was a way to do that? But then, it, well, I don't know. I felt like that was a little heavy, like... We got some background in the store, um, and then he's building a pod racer. Oh, and he built a droid. Oh, and he's working on these sensors to find the things that have or there's like slave trackers in them. And she's like, "We get it. He's good with stuff." <laughs> so instead ever... of having to build C three PO, just have him show him working on the podcast or not podcast. <laughs> yes. Pod and yeah, Skywalker's or, podcast. Or just even like some little thing uh, or trinket or whatever in, you know in his room, but not. I feel like it was kind of forced to put, like, oh, we need to have C-3PO back in the first one, too. Like, no, you, you don't need to. Yeah, write, actually, write that's down. a good point. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I feel like, especially since you don't pair him up with R2-D2 at all. Yeah, yeah. If, if they, if they yeah, were does. trying to they do, try. oh, yeah, that's right. There is that. Okay, I forgot that, but still, but it's not. not I was going to ask, why, why <laughs> did they bring R2-D2 in the sand? Like, the only point yeah. they are doing that is so that he can meet C three PO. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. What is the point of bringing him? I guess there is no real point no. to bring him with them. That's weird. Didn't he have the readouts uh, to their ship? No, no he had, he it had in his that, hand. that hand hologram thing. Well, that was to yeah. show off his ship. But when they first got there, like, <laughs> my droid has the details. I believe. Oh sure. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, bring him along because we can't fit Can't anything. put that on a USB drive, something yeah. handy. No. You got a yeah. whole bring droid whole just for thing that. Yeah, on exactly. the sand, yeah. like Paul said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very portable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Danae, what's something you didn't like? Okay. Um, I don't know how this fits in with everybody's opinions, but I think this is where midi chlorians are really introduced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So yep. I kind of like the idea of the force being kind of more of a mystical, a mystical thing. general force that like anybody can have and can manifest to anybody. Um, but it ah, but well, it is okay. But I because the explanation. The explanation is, go ahead, I'll let oh, you, and then I'll, I'll interject. But bringing in midi-chlorians as like this, oh, there's higher concentrations, and so certain people have more, and certain people have more power. I, it was it was okay. I remember watching it that first time and thinking like, oh, this is interesting backstory. And then with the newer movies that have come out, then I'm just like, the midi-chlorians just don't really, I don't know. They seem very isolated in this in sense. It doesn't seem yeah. like they're necessary in kind of the wider scope of, of the force. Yeah, I feel like it makes the force almost just a quantitative measure as opposed yeah. to something that uh, some people have force sensitivity, other people yeah. don't. We don't really know why. Right. Or something that's like developed instead of like yeah. you're just innately born, which was kind of sub part two of my point oh, yeah. with um, I did not like the just dropping in of Anakin's virgin birth origin story. <laughs> yeah. That was really forced. And we I might d- talk about that in our uh, rewind theology section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just seemed really forced and contrived. Paul, what was your interjection about why midichlorians are the bestest? 
Wow, you just went on so many trajectories. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good. I'm just trying to find out where to start. Um, I first of all, you're not wrong. <laughs> Second of all, done. I think we can continue. Thanks. Yeah, I say that all the time. But just <laughs> there's a clarification. Some people think that. Uh, the midichlorians are the force, and mm. it's not. They're just a way to. They are little. I don't know what they uh, what they're called, but basically little uh, life forms. Yeah. Tiny life forms that they that the Jedi use to measure the force. force. Yeah. So uh, just wanted to clarify that, but now I'm going on way too long. So let's continue. No, yeah. it seems like they. It seems like Qui Gon said that they. They're you the reason you're able to have the force. Yes. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, and some people do. Like like Darth Vader said in the original movie. Oh, this one is strong with this one. And and yeah. Luke didn't have any uh, uh, way to develop it to make him stronger with it. So that idea of people being born more with the force and stuff is there. Um, in the original, Here, but the midichlorian part where it comes in is a way to measure the force. Just someone who has, uh, someone who is strong with the force will have a higher midichlorian count. Here's what I don't understand, though, though. though, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. That yeah, either. I don't either. If the force. And midichlorians are in all living things. Why is it that some have a higher concentration and some don't? It seems like they'd just be equal everywhere, and some people just can tap into them and yeah. other people can't. I think. Well, I think, it's kind of intelligence. It's not spread out across evenly amongst everybody. It's in clusters. Oh, see, I get. I got the feeling that it's like almost like um, not I'm not quite atomic. Well, no, I was no. gonna say that everything is made of atoms. We're all mm-hmm. atoms here. So uh, some of us have more atoms than others. I guess that's true, but we're all <laughs> still made up of. <laughs> I think I think my problem with it more is mm-hmm. that I don't like that it's something that they quantify. Yeah, I like totally. it more that it's just like this. It's a, like Vague. around everything. It's yeah. mystical. They mm-hmm. it's. It's an ind- indeterminate quantity and origin, and mm-hmm. maybe some people are more sensitive to it than others. But it's like available to everything because it's in everything. That that I like that idea more than this is very science based. This person measures higher in their midi chlorine count, so therefore they are more sensitive to the force. That, I don't know. That, it's like a cause but and effect. Why not that have I both? I don't know. I kind of thought it was, and I don't know if George did this intentionally or not, but it, it seemed to me like an interesting social commentary on just where the Jedi Order was in society, that it could be so quantifiable, like rather than the Force being this guiding principle and things that connected oh, people, you're like, oh, you passed the test, Very so you're legalistic. you're yeah, yeah, you're the Jedi now. Here, come train with us. We're not taking you from your family. <laughs> <laughs> this boy's oh, coming yes, with me are. if I roll the dice. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's an interesting idea. Almost that it the force was something that, like, if it's, it has a religious context, the force was almost like, oh, this is something that we that unifies us together, and it's flipped to be like, okay, this is something we can use to have power over other uh-huh. people mm-hmm. because we can measure it. And oh, you have this much. Oh, you have this much. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're awesome. You're not sorry. There's uh, less mystery. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. That's an interesting point. I I agree with you, Danae. I feel like it's 
And I think that's why you don't hear about it anymore after mm-hmm. these movies, uh, because it had left such a bad taste. But let's let's well, move like on. I said, <laughs> you're not wrong, Danae, but there is a reason for yeah, it. I know. Now, <laughs> Paul, is there anything in this movie that you can't see a reason for that you don't like? Sorry. Again, your your transition. I'm doing best. Fit. But <laughs> I know it's it's, it's okay. Um, what really stood out to me, unfortunately, revisiting were the special effects, especially going into the battle with the gun gun scenes, you know, where it all oh takes place in the Windows 95 background you know, <laughs> <laughs> that expands forever. But uh, specifically the grassy hills and the fire explosions <laughs> in that battle scene looked very uh cut and paste video compared to nowadays made in uh, Microsoft paint. <laughs> yeah. Here's why I have to say that I, I was actually the effects didn't bother me in, at all in this movie. I was surprised. <laughs> now I am watching on, on beautiful 480p. So you got to keep that in <laughs> oh, mind. That, that's probably As, why. Yeah, yeah. So because I saw it on high def Blu-ray uh-huh. where you can see the lines <laughs> Across the fire explosion. Now you don't see him <laughs> in space because the background's it's black. black yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the every everywhere else it looks great, but especially on that that battle scene and the with the Gungans and the battle droids, unfortunately, it it doesn't hold up to today's standards. I will second that dislike. That's my second dislike. Uh, especially even like the sh- I don't know. You, did you mention the ships in that scene? And they're coming in. I'm just like, it, oh, the big tank carriers. The big tank carriers. They were just so mm-hmm. bad. And it just, <laughs> it's so disjointed. And same, Travis and I watched it on Blu-ray. And I'm like, this is just sucking all of the enjoyment out of being able to see this detail. It's just really, yeah. really bad. It, yeah. Some of the CG was good, and it was a little bit more seamless. But mm-hmm. seeing it in high def, it's it makes it stand out pretty, pretty strongly when it now, did- didn't fit. Did anyone watch the original <laughs> theatrical version where they had the the puppet Yoda, or so did, was it actually? This was something I was going to bring up. Is okay. I didn't realize that I, I was watching the same version you had, Paul, which I, I okay. guess is extended because there's this whole sequence in the pod race where he's trying to connect a tube back on to like one of the engines is not connected, and I, thought I don't. That was rem- the normal version. That's, that yeah, really? That's, yeah. I don't remember yeah. that at all. <laughs> that oh just, my goodness! That was just extended for Francisco's brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought was, there were a couple other parts like that. <laughs> All right, that's so weird. No, the, the it, this has been touched up with CGI, like Yoda. Yeah, and, yeah, and some of the things, that I know is the difference. I don't, yeah, I, I, unless you saw the the version where Yoda's dancing with the clone troopers. Wait, that's in another one. That's <laughs> a, a, an outtake, I think, in the next. Movie. Wow. No, but did either of you watch the one with Puppet Yoda instead of CG Yoda? No, unfortunately not. Really, is it okay. unfortunate? Because I don't feel like they did a good job of the puppet Yoda, from what I remember. Do you guys remember it fondly? I mean, that's, uh-uh. okay. I don't remember. Paul, I I remember going, oh, good, they tried, but unfortunately, they failed. <laughs> they Why tried. do you get one <laughs> there? That is looked? no try. <laughs> yeah, do, do, or do, or do not. not. Exactly. They they did not meet the standards, <laughs> so I was very happy. I'm one of the people that love the CGI Yoda because it looks so much better than the the puppet Yoda. 
I think it does in in all the movies except for Empire and Return. Though actually, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't I, go there. Yeah, yeah, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, let's see. I think let's go to me for some I don't like about this movie. And oh my gosh. Anakin's dialogue slash delivery. Uh-huh. I'm a person and my name is Anakin. I was wondering, yeah. what are midichlorians? <laughs> now this I'm is pod racing. Is this supposed to how I'm uh, supposed to act? I know 10-year-olds that act that way. But see, here's Better the thing. Jake Lloyd is one of Here's the thing. He, there's this like sharp contrast between... There's lots of moments where he's really acting well, I feel like, especially when he's missing his mom and he's tr- ex- emoting that. I feel like he's doing a really I good job. I miss her. <laughs> that was when his he's real not, mom. When he's not... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, really? No. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I, I felt like there were moments where I was like, oh, well, yeah, you're doing a pretty good job, Jake Lloyd. And then other moments were like, quiet, just don't talk right now. George Lucas, why are you writing this? This is horrible. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was one of my dislikes is that it, his dialogue and a lot of his delivery was just so stilted and annoying. Uh, Didn't bother me, but I've heard that criticism from many others. I would, yeah, I would blame a lot of that on the writing. Possibly there you the director. Yeah. Hate yeah, yeah. Possibly the director. You hate yeah. sand. Okay, Paul. That's uh, next episode. D- yes. <laughs> Danae, uh, let's go back to you. What's something else you didn't like? I Oh, I did my second dislike with the oh. uh, CGI. Oh, okay. Because I said the CGI effects. And I think a big part of that is just because we watched it on Blu-ray. And mm. and I, I have a hard time blaming CGI in other movies mm-hmm. where I know it's not really fitting. Like the CGI that they attempt is was really good for when the movie was made. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's a really... And this was. I, I think parts of it were. I, I think that they really phoned it in on some of the ones, like you said, with the Gungan battle scene and just like the horrible scene with, like, it didn't even look like grass. And the tank, <laughs> the tank carriers were just awful. So I'm like, some of it was really great and others just very, very well, bad. Guys, guys, you're forgetting. This is alien grass. It doesn't oh, look like our grass. Right. Oh, that's they true. They could have made it blue or something. <laughs> I mean,. Don't make it look like grass if it's not grass. But those droids, like especially when like the top got chopped off and the uh-huh. legs still walking, that looked real. I, I liked how they did the droids. <laughs> I thought that was very yeah. Effective. Like some of it was good. Some of the the yeah. creature characters were really good, but I think and and knowing that they did CGI for a lot of the scenery, you know, above head level, like you said, <laughs> I mean that's amazing. Yeah. But I maybe yeah. they focused really hard on some of that, and then on some of the other scenes where it's more action based, they didn't focus as much on the detail. Mm, so. Maybe, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, then, Travis, give us one more thing you didn't like, and then we'll get to our tragic makers. Yeah, so this kind of tags on to Danae's a little bit, but the uh, just I feel like one thing I really didn't like was the ending. It just felt very disjointed. The Jedi battle, and then also like the queen and her guards trying to take like, oh, the throne right. room, and then there's this the space battle, and then there's also the random like, oh, we've got to draw the army out of the city and have the giant Gungan battle, and it just was very. It is hard to connect and feel like it's still a cohesive plot. It just you didn't of, like the four different endings. <laughs> I did not. Oh yeah, and then there's a parade. <laughs> this is not Return of the King. 
Oh okay. my goodness. Yeah. You know Isn't what? That weird how one earns an Academy Award for Best Picture <laughs> and the other says, no, this is a, a bad thing. <laughs> Too many endings. It's a it's a bit of a different animal there, Paul. But um I you know what I I was able to keep them all straight what was going on in each. I but this sort of goes back to something I was alluding to before. I I feel like you could cut out not not necessarily the political intrigue, but you know what? Let's just get to our my cla- my tragic maker. Jar Jar Binks. What? You <laughs> do not need this character in this movie at all. Not at all. Every every reason you might that you're using him as a uh, as a, a link to get the Jedi somewhere, Queen Amidala somewhere, you can just you could just uh, you could write a, a script <laughs> and use I'm, any other character. You could ju- or you could just use coincidence, like for instance, uh, the oh, coincidence. You could say <laughs> the uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan end up at at a shore like when they get down to the surface level and follow some animals that are escaping down into the water or that or, oh look what i found yeah i mean you don't need jar jar there's i, yeah. I cannot think so of you're okay with the gun guns in general yes yeah, yeah. it's just jar just jar's jar jar. stupidity and clumsiness i'm i he, he deserves to be kicked out of the the Gungans say, oh my gosh, it's so annoying. Or you could have oh kept Jar Jar, but had him characterized differently. I guess if he had Maybe. better dialogue yeah. or, or yeah, I he guess. Less better obnoxious. Char- yeah. And just a smaller role. Right. Like, is like, oh, he's in every scene. This yeah. is so great. Yeah. All right. So here's where you're wrong. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> is this where you're going to tell us he's a Sith Lord? <laughs> when... I'm just talking when about this movie, Paul. I know there's this. other reasons later on you need him, but for this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we need Darth Jar Jar at some <laughs> point. So, no. uh, when I first saw this, I liked Jar Jar because he is the comic relief. He provides a good amount of release for when there's a lot of tension on there because there's a lot of tension in between the different the four different endings. there's a lot of battles going on so he provides a lot of it and i really liked him and as the years go by i hear all this hate towards jar jar oh he's stupid i'm like what he's 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 the comic relief you know in the other ones you had r2d2 and all them but this guy's actually funny because you can hear him talking there's a big difference between r2d2 and jar jar Right, and there's and I'm like, saying, like, what is so wrong? And they said, like, look, shit again, and and real and try to think of him as a baby because <laughs> everywhere you go, he's talking like, oh, Misa Jar Jar Binks, Misa love you, Misa Stepin Doo Doo, you know, all this stuff is just you're like giving me PTSD right yeah. now. I'm like, Princess I hate. Like you're I, not I think I'm gonna lower my reign right now because, geez, I don't like that. That's the problem. So as I watch it more and more, that's in my head. It's like, yeah, he's a giant baby, baby. <laughs> and so I have come to unfortunately dislike Jar Jar Binks so much that he is also my tragic man. Oh, 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 I did not see that. Oh. Man. 
Well, well, well done, Paul. So, was... You need like a record scratch. Sound effect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop right there. All right. Uh, Danae or Travis, let's hear your treasure. Is Jar Jar either of your treasure makers? I, I'll, I'll jump in because mine can relate to it. Okay, go for <clears> it. <throat> so I didn't. I knew that everybody hated Jar Jar, mm-hmm. and I agree, I, I agree with you. I don't hate him. I just despise him to his core. That's just yeah, different. right. Fire of a thousand suns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually one of those people that would love to see him get a redemption of somehow. If they make somehow. him not yeah. a baby, maybe yeah. yeah. No, like, and they up? did that. They uh, made him. You know, in the other episodes, he's older, and now he's one of the the Senate. <laughs> and right. That is a character arc that he does have, where he he starts off. You know, the foolish, lucky person in this one. How is and he promoted to a general? How? Seriously. Espe- oh yes. if you look, especially well, if you look at rankings of other characters in the okay. franchise, how does he become a general? I'll let you all know in on a little secret <laughs> in Sorry, life. Paul. It's all on who you know. I, okay. No, right. point. Anyway. Point. Friends with the queen. <laughs> yes. And that's how he becomes a senator by episode three. Yeah. He's actually well distinguished and he's wise and he actually helps knowingly you know the the emperor come to fruition but uh, that's why i would love to see that character redeemed somehow but Mm. that's unfortunately we won't (laughs) probably not anyway okay so my actual tragic yes your actual so i think it kind of comes down to the writing similar to Mm -hmm. why we hate jar jar i mean not hate despise to our course (laughs) um but my my two were Anakin's overconfidence, like you touched on, Francisco. Mm-hmm. Just, I think a lot of that's the writing because I don't think he's necessarily a bad actor. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. his just extreme level overconfidence in like, oh, well, I can win, and it's like you've never won, you've never finished a race before, or um, also kind of tied with the pod mostly, mostly, yeah. Um, and then also tied. I know a lot of people like Natalie Portman. But her acting is so flat in this movie, and I would say that it's probably mostly the writing, because that's how her character as Queen Amidala is supposed to be mm-hmm. played. Mm-hmm. There's just like no inflection in her voice. Her acting is really flat. I mm-hmm. think her entire character is her costumes. Yeah, and that's really what they focus on, kind of like the production value, and not mm-hmm. so much on her delivery of anything of value. Yeah. Would you say Padme was a better character or do you Yeah, think- Padme was definitely a better character than Queen Amidala, but in general Natalie Portman did not have an extremely stellar performance in this movie. Yeah. So, those are kind of limited roles. Those are kind of oh. my tragic makers, the bad dialogue writing. And Travis, cap us off. Uh well, I didn't want to jump on the Jar Jar bandwagon, so um I think rewatching Good it for you. I don't know. Yeah, metal maybe. Um, <laughs> I did. I didn't like the pacing overall. Uh, felt like some of the parts were just like the. Uh, oh. It felt like three kind of separate movies a little bit. Four. Remember four. 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 Oh yeah, four. <laughs> well, because there's a four. End. Oh yeah. Now it makes so much sense. Um, there's four movies and four endings. endings. Uh, <laughs> am, well, am I forcing that joke, guys? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> force is not strong with you um so yes that was that was what made it not as enjoyable for me was just feeling kind of separate rather than one like bigger but continuing story where you could see where it was going Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's fair i can 
I can get on board with that. All right. Well, guys, I think we've entered, unless there's any last minute things you guys want to mention, I think we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. How do we rate Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? Do we rate a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this movie, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's only worth a revisit, not a first-time watch. Or a tragic, it's not worth your time today, regardless of whether you've seen it before or not. Let's begin with our guests, as we like to. Let's start with Danae. How do you rate this movie? I think I'd keep my same rating of nostalgic. Mm-hmm. I think because that could apply to anybody who watched it and enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Because if you watch it and you didn't like it originally, you're probably still not going to like it. So I would say that the rating would kind of stick. I also think that people going back and watching it are probably going to be tainted by a lot of the public opinion. So, Well, you know what? I was – I'll – well, I'll say what I was going to say. For a second, but okay, that, that's, that's my rationale for keeping a nostalgia. That's a good point. That's a good point. Do do you think it today just changed mine? <laughs> well, I'm curious. I mean, this doesn't have to change your reins or all, but if we could also say, if we think this is um, a necessary film for a Star Wars fan to to see, like well, let's yeah. say someone like the original trilogy, is this a movie that we feel they should see? That's yeah. complicated. I think you should see all of them if you're a Star Wars <laughs> right, fan. Well, all right, Travis. That's the other you're point. Right. See, that's where I was leaning. <laughs> I was not leaning to you yet, Paul. Hold on. <laughs> Hold your horse. But I am interrupting. It's what Hold I do. Your speeders <laughs> or whatever. All right, my midichlorians. I'm holding on. Oh, okay, good. Travis, how do you rate fan mess? Uh, my prediction proved to be correct. Yeah, it was fun to rewatch it, to li- relive some of the memories, and there's some definitely some good parts to it, but still nostalgic. Nostalgic as well. And do you think this is also ne- necessary for a Star Wars fan? I would say so. Okay. Yeah. All right, Paul. You can say what you want to say now. Mr. It's complicated. I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Oh, no. Um, Reach because, out with your feelings. You know what? What's your rating? I'm going to go on a limb and say classic. Ooh. Whoa. All right. Classic but a confused classic. A confused. Yeah. A conflicted classic. <laughs> you know what? I I'd think, recommend it. Now, I, I because I enjoy watching. I can see what you're saying, Paul. And I wonder if this was the first movie, how it would if it would hold up a lot better, if you're not constantly like trying to think of how this is connecting to the original trilogy mm-hmm. or comparing right. it to right. your Everyone's love of that. It. <coughs> yeah. Or like Paul said, just go, just yeah. Go. Or like Paul said, it's a really good movie. So if you look at it as it standalone, mm-hmm. as it is, if it was not part of the star Wars universe, maybe classic, but maybe for some people they're like, because it's part of the star Wars universe, yeah. that ruins it for them. You know what? Honestly, this would definitely be a classic for me. I enjoyed a lot of this. If Jar Jar Binks and some of Jake Lloyd's lines were rewritten, I, I swear, those were the things I didn't like about this movie. And they were so, such an anathema for me for this movie 
that they knock this down to nostalgic for me. I, wow. I, I, I cannot say. See, that. I want to agree with that. I mean, I do look that. That's why I'm so conflicted. It's just <laughs> sure. I, it's man. I am. So, I, I hate that. That that drags it down so much for me when there's so much else that's that's good. fun and yeah. good here. But I don't want to recommend this to someone and say, "Hey, go go watch this movie that you've never seen," knowing that they're going to have to put up with that. So I, so that's why I should say I'm going to stick with classic. All right, good, good for you. Hold the line there, Paul. Give in to your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but when all is said and done, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, a disputed nostalgic movie. So if you enjoyed this uh, when you first saw it, it's probably worth your time to watch it again. But if you've never seen it before, unless maybe you're a diehard Star Wars fan, I probably don't seek this one out. With that, Alice, please bring us back to our own time. Good old, I was about to say 1985, but that's not it, 2018. <laughs> All right. First off, we have some feedback from uh, Diego Avila. He says, and this is referring to our last episode, 140, on the Lion King video game. When Cool Deluxe, Kitos, uh, said he liked the music on the Lion King video game as his classic maker, I knew right then and there. He had played the Super Nintendo version and not the Genesis version of this game. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if you saw my response to him, Paul. I actually sought out a, a YouTube video that will... It's like a side-by-side of playing them, and they'll switch between the musics of the, of either or. The Genesis is like you're listening to a synth band or like a, just a keyboard MIDI as compared mm-hmm. to... I mean, it's definitely digitized, a digital... Um, yeah, on the Super Nintendo, but it feels a, a bit more like an orchestra, a bit like the each each instrument seems a bit more um, unique or like it's its own instrument sound as opposed to here's here's a synth vocal that sounds exactly like the synth trumpet that's exactly like the synth violin doing the different parts. Uh. So yeah. Now, do they also compare the Game Gear? Because I think we uh, decided that the Game Gear version is probably the best one to play. They they did not. It was just between the Super Nintendo and Genesis. And the video I found. I mean, hey, you have time, right? Yeah. Go go seek out your own your own videos. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go do it right now. Okay. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Oh wait, we're in a time machine. Come back because you, you, you. I'm sure you went and did it. Oh, guys, Game Gear is terrible sound, <laughs> but great to play. Good to know. All right. So thank you, Diego, for that feedback. Uh, now I do want to make some announcements. As usual, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash vote to vote up and down the movies you want us to cover. Uh, that We recently had this new block of movies, which the fan mass was the first one. So it'll be a while before we lock in votes for the next five. But if we were to lock them in today, you would be getting Disney's Alice in Wonderland, Disney's The Jungle Book, the animated versions of those, Dragonheart, Disney's animated The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and The Chipmunk Adventure. So those would be the top five. But who knows if they will stick. 
I have Chipmunk Adventure on DVD if you need oh, to really? borrow it. Oh, I very may, <laughs> might very well take you up on that. Uh, thank you for everyone who does vote and interacts with that way. We love being uh, directed by the listeners as to what you want us to cover. So yeah, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash vote to vote on those movies. Uh, you can buy our t-shirts at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store. Get bonus content and more by supporting us on Patreon at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support and contact us at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash contact. How else can people reach us, Paul, and you specifically? You can talk to us on social media where we are Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you could also watch us record these very podcasts as well as live streams of video games and pixel art illustration if you follow us at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. But if you want to find me specifically, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. You can contact me there. Or you can listen to the next episode when I interrupt when we cover the movie uh, Spider-Man, the original Sam Raimi 2002 Tobey Maguire coming right at you. Thank you, Paul, for being such an awesome friend, for being, uh, I mean, I'd say you're like my my Jedi Master almost, right? That's oh, how this wow. works. Yes, good job, Padawan. <laughs> I think you're ready for the trial. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much for, uh, I, I look forward to doing this podcast with you every other week, and I appreciate uh, you so much. Oh, likewise. I feel the same way. Oh, yay. I also want to say a very special thank you to our guests, Danae and Travis Berg. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Congratulations, Travis, again on your promotion. Thank you. And to so Danae, really. hopefully you keep your senior seniority always. We'll see, though. I'll make it happen. <laughs> Oh, you're going to be on that episode, Travis? No, I'm sorry. I- I'm going to be on I'm that episode I'm going to make sure now. he's sick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only way that I've had one more. I think I filled in for Travis yeah. once when he was sick. Oh, maybe. Yeah, not my cereal tasted like raw chicken. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. <laughs> that was real chicken biscuit. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for having us. We always love coming on. Yeah. Aw, I love hearing that. That's awesome. Uh, was there anything you guys wanted to promote? Or where can people find you online, if not? Google. Google. <laughs> no. That's yeah. Actually, I mean, probably. But uh, I'm not the first Google result. That's a guy that works in DC, but I'm I'm down there a little ways. Okay. Yeah. Result number five. Uh, Fifth. Maybe. Yeah. I'm on not Facebook. Travis is on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram. Awesome, awesome. And LinkedIn if you're looking for some career connections. No, we're not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Very good, guys. Thank you again for being on the show. Most of all, though, I appreciate you. Yes, you listening or maybe even watching. Thank you. Right now, whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're part of our Rad Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us. And we pray that you're more joyful now than when you first hit play. Hey, Francisco, where can people find you? Oh, oh, thank you, Paul. I forgot to mention you can find me. Online, I'm at FXRUIZX on Twitter and Instagram. And you can hire me to do pixel art for you by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Uh, but finally, I want to say we are proud to be a part of the Retro Junkies Network at TheRetroJunkies.com and the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us at either of those places. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of The Retro Rewind 
Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. There's always a bigger podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>